Top-rated weekly show profiling women of color creators and business disruptors in the legal cannabis industry from Georgia and around the world. Hosted by America's number one freedom coach and best-selling author, Coach Swan Simpson. The leaders of Women Who Can always keep it 100 by talking business and dropping nuggets about the opportunities and challenges in this billion-dollar game. Now that we have your attention, here's this week's episode. What's up, Atlanta? It's your girl, Fit Tayasha, in the building. Welcome back to Women Who Cannabis Live. Many of you do know me. For those of you who do not, Fit stands for Fully In Tune. I am working on being fully in tune with myself to balance my healing. I am a chronic healing educator, a student of Ayurvedic and integrative medicine, and a certified community health worker. I am Women Who Cannabis' chronic health educator. That is my role, and that is what I'm here to do today. So get your pen and paper out, because you have homework, as always. I have with me in the studio the lovely Reverend Sandy Rogers. 
Hey everybody, Reverend Sandy, Sandy Rogers here. I, uh, like Taisha, is well into wellness, and uh, I am a raw food educator, certified plant-based um, educator as well as a Reiki master, and um, I do a weekly radio show called Life, Love, and Wellness, the Sandy Rogers Show, and we cover a variety of different subjects, so I am so honored to be here with Taisha and serving in the the loops, the gaps, <laughs> wherever yes, I yes, fit. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love the people who stand in the gaps. And you can call me Taisha, y'all. My name is Ty Asha. That is T-A-I-A-S-H-A. My favorite joke to tell is that my name came from my mother's labor pains. You said, ah, <laughs> three A's, one I, one S, one H, one T. You know how to do spells. Mix it up. All right. So in honor of last month, you know, last month was National Poetry Month. And we had some great people come through here and bring their books. We talked a little bit about your books. And today we're going to have a poet and author come through here and talk about the wonderful things that she's doing. Her name is the Author Queen, and she is a celebrity ghostwriter, y'all. And when I found this woman, you know, my, my favorite thing about this show is researching topics and guests. When I found this woman, it was on Instagram, and it, she had just lost her job. And her book was called The Night I Committed Suicide. Wow. Yeah. For those of you who have never listened before, my shows have a trigger warning. I am a mental health advocate, so I talk a lot about these things. If you need help, please, there is always someone out there to talk to. The National Suicide Hotline number is, uh, I believe, 800-273-TALK. If it's not 800, it might be 888, but it definitely is 273-TALK if you need to speak with someone. And so in honor of last month, I'm going to be bringing you a few pieces of my own. But uh, for this month, for today, our theme is writing your way to success and how to heal through art. Okay, this is National Mental Health Awareness Month. And I have been blessed with so many gifts and talents. And there's been times that those gifts and talents have saved my life. And there's been times that I've abandoned those gifts and talents. And writing is one of them. Um, I have in front of me, Reverend Sandy, we're supposed to be filming background footage, y'all, but I, I took the camera to do some research. I have in front of me over 20 years of writing that I am going to ask Reverend Sandy and the author queen to pick two for me to read to y'all okay. today. Okay, excellent. But <clears throat> well, before we do that, I have something from 2003 that I found recently. And it's so amazing to see where I'm at now compared to where I was. This is just a little piece that I wrote. There's going to be two. They're very short. The trust fund Big Mama founded initially gave each child $1,000 at high school graduation. Beyond her grandest dreams and while she still lived, she saw opportunity that each child deserved to grow into a multinational philanthropic organization. She taught them to always operate love, and they learned the worth of themselves and a dollar, both of which were completely different on completely different ends of the spectrum. The generations worked together to learn things, sewing, farming, carpentry, uh, fashion design. This led to fashion design mastery, culinary arts, custom wood burning, and other hobbies that turned into successful businesses. Everyone was happy, and at 117, 
Only she could remember how they come that far. Mm-hmm. The estate was immaculate, but it wasn't some oasis in the desert of boarded houses that so many neighborhoods had become silent shells of their former glory. The community, the city, the state, and the borders far beyond flourished. She proved that family is the backbone of society, and family is more than blood. It is who you love. So I found that. I was That's like, ooh, I wrote that? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right? That's great. The thing is, I write stuff, and I never, almost never read it again, and I almost never remember it. So um, it, this was 2013, y'all. Now, now check this out. This is literally, this is literally, uh, oh, wait, there's more. Hold on. <laughs> See, I found out I skipped pages, too. What started out as a personal record of her joys turned into a multimedia showcase that birthed its own industry. An amalgamous entity of unlimited proportions, videos portrayed the beauty of her life, the beauty of all life, inspiring further creations, inspiring the expression of love, paintings of worlds unseen. And really, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to inspire you all to see life in a different way, to see life through the lens of love, I used to be one of those people who walked around with rose-colored glasses on and walked into some walls. <laughs> you know, when you walk on, walk around with one color glasses on, you miss a lot of things that are in that color. So, you know, th- we here live in life in color, and um, our guest is going to be here in just a few minutes. You know, she's, she's traveling, so I do appreciate your all patience while we wait for her. While Reverend Sandy's looking, and Reverend Sandy, if you want to read it yourself, you can, because I see you, you holding the page over there pretty tight. Okay, it's uh, from November of 2001, and the word fog, F-O-G, is written in red, and it reads, I am not looking for a friend. I've always been a better one to you than you have been to me. I am not looking for a boyfriend. A relationship (laughs) is just too much of a hassle for me. I am not looking for a husband. I've already been a wife and failed at it miserably. I'm looking to you as a companion, someone to talk to regularly, hang out with occasionally, and make love to when I'm in need. Notice I said make love to. As I've told you before, I am in love with you for reasons I can't quite explain, but that doesn't mean I've made plans to take on your last name. I want that guy, I'm sorry, I want that gray area between friend and boyfriend where there's just enough love for it to be happy without being confined by the terms of a relationship. I thought that was where you wanted to be, too. I think I need her to start reading. <laughs> I think I need her to start reading. All I'm right. getting hot in here. All I'm, right. t- I'm all crying, right. y'all. I'm in my feelings <laughs> right now. I know who that's for. Okay. Okay, you can stop right there. Right. That's enough of that one. <laughs> I, I don't even want to hear that one. She said pick one. That's what I did, so. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Help me. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> all right, I got one for y'all from November 23rd, 2013. May the eyes of each generation see the hands of each man steady and ready to fight for their rights at any time. Legs never stop dancing for joy. Victory is already won for each one. Every step is success, recognizing each blessing for exactly what it is, a gift. All life is worthy. 
All right. I'll, look, she's she over there flipping pages. I don't think I want her to read nothing else. Oh, I'm I'm good. You <laughs> <laughs> let me know if you do. Oh God, help, help, help. Okay, take it. Okay, here's one more. As the title, I guess, is "No Dream Is Too Big." Y'all, some of this stuff is autobiographical. So I'm like really telling my my life right now. A few years ago, we lived in a two bedroom apartment. At times, there was many of 20 of us living there. Mm. I began a diary of thanks, giving thanks for what we had and even the things we didn't have as though they were. Less than six months later, we were in a five-bedroom, two-bathroom house with no money down. Love abounds, children grow, and our blessings are endless. This year, we close on a house through the help of grants. Next year, we break ground on our eco-friendly dream house. At 55, I'll look back and say, we've been in our home 20 years. At 75, we'll say, we've been in our home 40 years. We grow our own food, make our own clothes, bake our own bread, and make our own success. Our children are spiritually and financially successful. They've all completed technical education and went on to make a life doing what they love. And see, this is why today is about writing through healing. Because even though I don't have those things, we didn't, we did not close on our home. I didn't break ground on my eco-friendly vision, but it's out there. You are, you know, and that's what I pitched the Diamond Fest last last year when I got to get a little bit out before I started crying. Y'all, I'm an emotional beast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so writing these things, and and the thing is, all children, all people, we're all children, even at our ages that we are now. Yes, ma'am. Deserve love, deserve freedom, deserve emotional, spiritual financial success, whatever success looks like for you, you deserve that. Mm -hmm. Everyone out there listening, that's why I'm here. That's what I'm here to talk to you about and teach you. All the things, yes, this is Women Who Cannabis, and we are the North America's largest lobby for women of color. We are a 5013C organization. We are education-focused. But we are about building ourselves up and building our community. And I just want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Coach Swan for allowing me to be here to Mm -hmm. share my gifts and talents. We have a break, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Level up and don't go anywhere. Women Who Cannabis Live will continue the conversation after the break. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, women who cannabis live is always bringing a better way, a better way to reach a seat at the $70 billion table that is the cannabis industry, a better way to bring our women experts to the forefront to allow them to shine and present their platforms. I have so many 
things that I want to share with you. And I'm so grateful I get to be with you each week. Our phone lines are always open at area code 404-603-8770. If you like what you are hearing, if you are listening out there right now on a real 1100 AM here in Atlanta, and you like what you are hearing and you have friends and family members that are not nearby and can't tune in, they can do so online at the radio station's website, real1100.com, at the TuneIn app found in Google Play and the App Store, and on iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us the one and only author queen, y'all. She's my new best friend. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So you missed the fun. I hope you were listening in the car because I got to show out a little bit. I got to read some stuff and I I have an assignment for you. Oh, Lord. I missed it because I was so focused on getting here. Girl, I'm glad you missed it because I've cooled off now. Like I'm I'm no longer sweating and the tears aren't coming from my eyes because I gave Reverend Sandy my books and I told her to put pick a, a poem for me to read or she wow. could read it herself and when she started reading I just started like cringing and crawling down in the corner because I know like who it was for and I didn't want to hear anymore because I, I know that I, feeling ooh, we. so <laughs> here's your homework ma'am and while you're doing your homework go ahead and tell the people who you are and I'm going to tell them I started to tell them a little bit about why I invited you here yes absolutely so I am the author queen I'm also known as the CEO of building books uh, I am a nonprofit publisher celebrity ghostwriter I've written uh, now 15 books of my own and um, my purpose in life is to close the gap between um, African Americans and traditional publishing companies and I'm sorry y'all my homework is oh my god it's a Just, she she got like 20 years to pick from <laughs> actually that green book is art that green book is like drawings there might be some poetry like oh in god. the drawings um yeah it's the energy for me like <laughs> it's what I feel as I I made oh that gosh. dress right there I actually got to make that dress I did all the beating by hand that's the first dress I ever made the only dress I ever made actually that I didn't make for like a doll I got to wear it myself wow so you know Atlanta you guys are getting a treat because you get to meet somebody that's been hiding for 45 <laughs> years y'all <laughs> for sure for sure um, so I'm going to tell you all why I invited this woman here. Like, like she said, you know, her mission is to bridge the gap between African-Americans and access to publishing. And that's the thing. We are here to bring access to our community, access to all of the industries that we've been denied access to. And so, um, like I said, I was telling them how, you know, I first started following you on Instagram right when you lost your job. And you, um, what made me follow you was not just the post about losing your job, but there was the post about your book, The Night I Committed Suicide. Yes. And I have not yet read it. I'm, I'm like, you know, that's a trigger word for me, but I really mm-hmm. do intend to read it and, and, and sit and digest that portion of your story. But you have so many books that you've authored. Uh, a lot of self-help books. A lot of um, I got your free publishing guide. Yay! Um, shout out to a woman standard, Miss Tierka Berry. She's been my publishing coach for a while, and the only reason I'm not published is because I don't follow instructions very well. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I need somebody I can just hand this stuff to, but like, here you do it. Yeah. Um, that's probably the Virgo. Yeah, that's that's the Virgo <laughs> for real. <laughs> See, we had our discovery call yesterday. I was, um, you know, it was my discovery call for this show and her discovery call for me to to work with her. And um, I'm just so honored and blessed 
and grateful that I found you. Um, we, if we're in this parallel, y'all. We just both cut our locks off. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure there's a story and a, and a, a healing journey behind that. So uh, that's why I invited you here. And like I said, the joy of doing this show is coming up with topics and coming up with um, the guests. And this is National Mental Health Awareness Month and writing um, art in general has saved my life. You know, I said that on the very first show. Mm -hmm. Music was one of the things. And as you see, I just put on some music and I go into my flow state and create whatever God allows to come out of me. And so um, I I just I'm so grateful to have you both here. Reverend Sandy. Yes, ma'am. Can you tell me what's the daily cannabis news today, please? I do have it, actually. So uh, you can find our daily post at www.womenwhocannabis.com. And you can sign up for work. No, for the daily, it's dot com. Oh, okay. Correct me, mother. Correct me. <laughs> You're all right. And so um, it says medical marijuana for depression. And there's some facts that are noted, and this comes from Healthline.com, and it says more states are legalizing medical marijuana, but what does that mean for people with depression? And so it goes into detail in that particular article, and uh, they say, see how New York's pot dispensary timeline is measuring up, and that comes from TimeUnion.com, and it talks about the recreational cannabis sales timeline and how they're doing, and um, how one black influencers champion black authors, right, and and how they're changing publishing, and that's out of NPR.org, and that's Milwaukee-based book publisher Cree Miles, as she curates an account for Penguin Random House dedicated to celebrating black authors. And uh, so there's, you know, there's so many different articles that are so fascinating uh, yesterday, it talked about licensed marijuana sales in 2021 eclipsed office. I'm sorry, Starbucks coffee. I giant saw that. Starbucks. Yes. yes, yeah. The top of the list was cigarettes, and mm-hmm. so when I retweeted, as y'all know, I'm struggling with letting go of these cigarettes. But you know what? I, I reframed it in my mind. My grandmother dipped snuff. My ancestors were natives, so when I'm smoking, I'm talking to my ancestors. That's where I'm at with that right now. But I saw that. I was like, yeah. It was cigarettes was number one. I think cannabis was number uh, three, and then Starbucks was number four. Right, right. Something like that, yeah. And I was like, okay, see. Interesting, right? Coffee and cigarettes are my two other biggest habits. Like, (laughs) So you right in line, right? right? They get all my money. I'm on the whole top three. And uh, this one was really kind of funny to me. It says the Kansas Sheriff's Office is raiding shops that sell THC and seizing the product. So I thought that was kind of cute. So. Well, um, THC is not legal anywhere, so right. that's what they get. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not nice because we want this medicine. And to some people, the THC aspect is medicine. It's interesting because I've asked my therapist to come on here, and she said no because she doesn't believe that THC is medicine. Um, for people with mental health issues. She believes it's medicine for people with cancer issues. And I know we promote CBD because that is the legal aspect, and that's primarily what we talk about. But we're going to talk about healing all the way around, and there is no part Mm -hmm. of this plant that is taboo. Correct. Right. Right. I'm sorry, y'all. I get get passionate in here. (laughs) So, Miss Bryant, Miss Arthur Queen, I see you haven't finished your homework, but that's all right. What did you want to come in here and make sure the women who cannabis and all of our listeners know about how they can access this industry and 
just anything, why you do what you do. I, I mean, we've already had a deep conversation, so we can yes. sit here all day. I already know. Right? I'm going to let you talk. Okay, awesome. So, hello, everybody. As I stated, I'm so glad to be here. Um, first of all, if you're listening, I just need you to know whatever you're doing right now, do it scared, right? Mm. Do it broke. Do it afraid. Do it depressed. Do it with the bipolar disorder. Do it with schizophrenia. Do it with what works for you, right? Those are all things that I was once diagnosed with. And um, cannabis has been my saving grace. Um, on most days, <laughs> I write my books, you know, w- with my medication, yes. right? You know, I'm talking to God, you know, I'm like, literally, God, I need you to come through and help me with this book. I also publish books for people. So, um, I'm very transparent about, you know, my process, right? I will pray over it. Um, if I'm, if I'm full, I won't sit down to write. Like I, 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 there's, you know, or if I'm having a blockage or whatever, I don't force it, right? Because yeah. it's it's really spiritual for me. Um, my very first book, Speak the Night After I Killed Myself, that's real life, right? I was 20, probably 21 when I started writing a book, and it literally was going to be my goodbye message to the world. Wow. Um, because where I'm from, right, I grew up in a Baptist church, so you don't, you you know, you don't, you don't do cannabis and, and things yes. of that nature. Like if you do this, you know, this it's taboo. Right. Um, so I, here I was, you know, I left the Baptist church. I moved to Atlanta. Um, life was just new for me and I really hit rock bottom. Um, but I mean, honestly, cannabis allowed me to really pick myself back up. Like it, it, I mean, I don't really see myself without it. I also have a medical marijuana card, and this is definitely what I would love listeners to know. Um, If you are a resident of Georgia and Florida, right, if you live in maybe Florida for six months and Georgia for six months, you can qualify for a medical marijuana card um, in the state of Florida. So that's, you know, what I have. I'm very protected as I travel, um, you know, with my product, with (laughs) right, with my medication. Um, And also... Being someone that was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression and schizophrenia, I was placed in a couple of institutions and mental hospitals, and they would try to give me Xanax and lorazepam and, you know, all these injections and different things of that nature. And I'm like, that stuff doesn't work for me, right? That doesn't work for me at all. So my medical marijuana doctor, he actually said to me, he's like, you know, isn't it odd, right, that they would rather prescribe you with Xanax than prescribe you with cannabis right right? prescribe you with medical marijuana and you have to be careful too because they will try to take your rights away if you have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression and schizophrenia yes y'all i want to i want to what they call it a safe belt that's the street word for them i want a self safe belt but be having that diagnosis i understand that i can't have one Mm -hmm. and that's some bs yeah, that's some BS. I have children and I want to be able to protect my children. And I should be able to have a safe belt, even though I have that diagnosis. I agree. And for those of you who don't know what a safe belt is, look up your what? Is that the second? <laughs> or the, that's the Second Amendment, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets deep, y'all. Um, and honestly, back to reading and writing. I think reading has also been my saving grace. I had to learn a lot of this straight from reading, mm-hmm. <laughs> like from digging myself out, like, Even, I mean, it gets real deep, right? Even 
being on birth control. And y'all know I'm very transparent. If you follow me on Instagram, all of that good stuff, the Arthur Queen, you'll see my whole story. Um, I used to be on these birth control pills that caused a literal tumor in my brain. Um, I got diagnosed with pseudotumor therapy, and this was 15, at the age of 15 years old. And so um, I never I never indulged in cannabis until, you know, I moved to Atlanta. And, you know, life just... I don't know. I, I really feel like it was it was time. Right. Um, but at 15, I would have these terrible headaches. And once again, giving me their medication, giving me this and giving me that and just making the tumor get worse and worse. And it ended up they said, oh, she has blood on her brain. Oh, my gosh. She only has five years to live. Right. And so I literally died then. I, I died because I'm listening to my diagnosis from my doctor. I'm waking up dead. I, I became a walking coffin. I talk about all of this in my first book. Um, Western medication is just not, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's not medication. It's yeah. not. It's not a healthcare system, you know. And one thing I just picked up from what you said is um, that, that death transformed you. Mm-hmm. And I want the listeners to understand that we die every day. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we need to die to every day. And fear is definitely one of them. The notion of lack is, is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the notion of separation is another. You know, these women are here today because I connected with them through social media or through meeting them at the expo or, you know, just in some way. And I want you all to know that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And whatever you're working to overcome, whatever you're working to grow, whatever you're working to build, whatever you're working to heal, there's a tribe for you, whether that's the Women Who Cannabis tribe or your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate the listeners. I really appreciate you being here. Um, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and spill a little bit of tea. And, you know, if you've been following me, you've seen me drop these things for years and years. Oh, I'm writing this book. Oh, I'm writing that book. And I have never finished nothing. I got this woman on my team now. And, I mean... You're going to see a lot of books from me. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. Absolutely. I'm just letting you know. Uh, Reverend Sandy. Yes, ma'am. I am so glad. Listen, Reverend Sandy is my favorite pop-up guest. Uh, I don't have a car, y'all. I blew my engine up in January, and Reverend Sandy picks me up and brings me in here. And just the joy of the conversations riding over. And the reason that... You know, everyone who's come to me and said, hey, you do this very well. You're a natural. I appreciate you. And the reason I am is because I've been able to sit at the feet of the elders and just listen to the wisdom that pours from them. Mm-hmm. And, y'all, I just was sitting there staring at her while she was talking about her siblings. And it's just like those awe moments. So my first book, if, if well, my second book probably because this lady's about to take these books. I just handed her and make it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But my second book is going to be Moments of God. Cause, um, and I want y'all to send me your God moments, those awe moments that mm-hmm. make you recognize that God is, is present in your life, whatever God you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised uh, in the church as well. I went to church six days a week. Okay. And when I say six days a week, I mean it. I went to Seventh-day Adventist church on Saturday, Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church in Hartford, Connecticut. On Sunday, I went to uh, Apostolic Church at 10 a.m. I went to Episcopal Church at 8 a.m. I was in the Girls Friendly Society, which is like the Episcopal Church's version of Girl Scouts. Like, I studied with Jehovah Witnesses on Sunday, and I came down here and married a Muslim. So... well-rounded <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> you know now i study ayurveda which is not a religion but it is very much a science in a way of life mm-hmm. and um also study mayan cosmology again not a religion but a science in a way of life so you know it's amazing to to meet people and to hear their stories 
And the Reverend Sandy goes, you had a colorful life. Yes, yes. And we all have. Mm-hmm. We all have mm-hmm. lives in these these amazing, vivid, bright colors. And it's up to you to choose what colors you see and to choose what values you place on those colors. Exactly. Black doesn't necessarily mean bad and white doesn't necessarily mean pure. Exactly. Red exactly. don't necessarily mean rage and blue don't necessarily mean calm. So you do what works for you. It is, I have no idea what time it is, y'all. It's time for a break. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Attention vendors and sponsors. Get your business in front of hundreds of eager buyers who are ready to do business with you at the fourth annual Women Who Cannabis Business Expo in Atlanta. 98% of previous expos surveyed have returned 3x profits. That's three times the profit. That's unheard of at an expo. This event is all about recirculating black wealth in the legal cannabis industry. To secure your vendor space or to become an expo sponsor, go to womenwhocannabis.org and lock in early bird pricing today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Women Who Cannabis Radio. I am your host, Fit Tayasha, fully in tune with myself. You can find me on Instagram under Fit Tayasha and anywhere under hashtag Master Healing Educator. I have two Master Healing Educators with me in the building, mastering their healing so they can educate others on how to do the same. Y'all, I'm picking up my friend's accent. I do pick up accents. He says refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Get that food out the refrigerator. What, baby? Okay, so I've picked up a little accent here. Um... You want to ask me that question again on the air since you just asked this woman? It was a good question. Listen, I just want to know what made you keep these books. I have to know. And see, you guys are listening, so you can't see the fact that she has one, two, three, four notebooks in front of her. I have one in front of me. And she has, y'all know the little bags the pillowcases come in when you buy, you know, a comforter set? It's a The pillowcase bag is full of printed poetry. And this poetry starts at the age of 15 and runs through... Mm. Close to 35 or 40, and I'll be 45 this year. So uh, the answer I gave her was, what do you mean? You know, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a why not. I've always had a vision of sharing my work, um, and I have shared my work, um, but I had a vision of sharing my work for the benefit of others, to help people understand they're not alone. And while we were on the break, I was just looking for a poem called Sitting Inside Myself, because um, like I said, most of the time I write them, I don't remember them. And I wanted to share that because I'm no longer sitting inside myself. You know, I, my 
Olmec cosmology, I'm the sun. And the sun don't have a shadow. It does, but it's the sun, you know? And I was sitting in my shadow for so long, sitting inside my depression. My And this was pre-diagnosis. I'm 15, 13 years old. I didn't have a diagnosis. I just knew life sucked. Or that's how I, I looked at it, you know? So um, I had to keep it. And I have this very big vision of a multimedia experience. Um, it's now, and that's going to be the hard part, more child-oriented, because I want children to look at this and say, wow, I can do that. I can do that, you know? And, and that's the thing, like, children come into the world with no limitations. They come into the world with no fears. If you are a parent and you've had the joy of just experiencing and watching your child grow, you can see that. I can mark the time my now eight-year-old became afraid of bees, and she's really not afraid. Like, the t- my 10-year-old came out, I was like, ah, bee! You know, but she was two years old. We sit on the back porch eating apple, and the bees are floating around our face, and we're just talking and chilling. And then her sister goes, oh, a bee, and that starts that fear. That was when fear was first placed into her. Mm-hmm. But as I look at her, and, you know, she may be on the spectrum. We have to get some testing done, but she doesn't have any fear, none whatsoever, except for a little pretend shyness. And uh, we're going to work that out. Because she's got that from mommy. Mm -hmm. So mommy has to be the example. We lead by example. Reverend Sandy put me on blast and she uh, read (laughs) a poem uh, or just, see, not everything is a poem. A lot of things are just free writing. You know, I do a lot of free writing. Um, So she read something from what, 2013, I think it was? No, 2001. 2001. I I know who that was for, uh, (laughs) that I wrote for a gentleman. Uh, when you like I said, when you if you're gonna read anything on the air, if you see initials, just let me know the initials first. <laughs> so I can tell that? you yes or no because that's the initials gonna tell you who tell me who is about oh, okay. or who inspired it. So uh, I found you know because that one got me a little hot and bothered, but it was dope. I found another one along those same lines, that same vein of uh, being in love. And I hope it's not too risque because, I, you know, I, I write what I think. This was August 4th of 2003. So this would have been around the time of the Women Who Cannabis Expo. We were having it back then. And I'm going to tell you all a little backstory. This was a, a math teacher I was crushing on. <laughs> <laughs> I was crushing on a math teacher. Oh, Lord. No matrix or chaos theory can predict or define the energy that drove me as I pulled into the parking lot. You were the first thing I laid eyes on. The prize was hiding inside your magnetic smile, like positive to positive. The force struck me and knocked me back to my senses as I stood in early morning twilight, wondering what star you once were. No constellation can be complete without you. I had to get to know you, but too shy to make a move. Frozen in time is relative when it's spent communicating on a higher plane. No equation can decipher this level on which we vibe. Scribes try with great conviction to create a description that accurately captures that which is you both unattainable and untamable. But damned if I'm not going to try to get to close your inner beast that daringly stands and commands attention, or better yet, sits on my hip like, hello. <laughs> I know you feel me here no front, and you know I want you, babe, in unison along with rotational action has me jonesing to be in the audience for a private concert. Algorithms got me forgetting conversation too hard to talk with a full mouth, drinking your essence satiated by your presence. I am lost in the probability that you just might get me any way you want me. Hmm. All right. <laughs> That's, wow. 
I felt like I was right there with like, you. Like, how old moment. was I back in 2004? Wow. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm about to have some fun. We. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great writing, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Very Y'all see, I read fast because I write fast because I think fast. That's how it is. So the first time I ever, and that's the thing you and I spoke about, was, you know, the wonderful platforms for artists and poets here in Atlanta. Last month, like I said, was National Poetry Awareness Month as well as National Cannabis Awareness Month. And my friend was like, oh, you, we missed the Georgia Me Festival. And I was like, oh, man. And I remember when, you know, back in 1995, when the, the fellas was hanging out at Five Points, having the ciphers, having the uh, ciphers down at the web and the vortex, uh, Four Kings in the Mic, Dreads the Beatnik. Like, I was the, the one of the two or three girls hanging out in the ciphers. I didn't really jump in the flow, but I was always in, in my head, you know, and just picking up the different cadences and the different vocabulary. And I mean... Literally, reading and writing, like you said, saved my life. I learned how to read at a very young age, so I was reading New England Journal of Medicine. It was comics, comics first. You know how you sit the kids down on the floor with the mm -hmm. comics and let them eat or whatever? That's how, if, if y'all want to help your babies read, that's the easiest freaking way to do it. You know, if you want to let them make a mess or paint on the floor or anything, put your down some, get your Sunday paper. The Sunday paper was the thing that I first learned to read for real, for real. Okay. So the Sunday paper, and the thing is, too, when you are allowing these children to read, you're giving them access to other worlds. Mm -hmm. When you teach, and I, you know, I look at myself and I see where I failed as a parent. I see where I didn't do bedtime stories every night and I see where my friends do and their children can read and mine can't and they're the same age. So, you know, these are the things that we have to do. We have to take the tools that are available to us and make it fun and make it easy and make it a part of our life. Mm -hmm. So what kind of tools do you have for our listeners today? Absolutely. So um, you said a mouthful. Well, one thing I want the listeners to know is that we are born with every single book that we will ever write. Yes. They're Ooh. not going to fall out the sky. Right. They're not going to just show up. So the first time that you have an inkling to write a book, that's, that's God right there. That's your message. What do you call it? God moment? Yes. That's your God moment. You are born with every single book. I tell people, I feel like I got 100 books. I'm at 15 right now and I probably a hundred will probably turn into a thousand um your books are your ancestors your books will outlive you your books are your legacy yes absolutely absolutely um I feel like everyone has a book in them everyone has a story and um what you said about children is absolutely needed so I just released a children's book called I, I am that. bigger and um I'm not perfect I didn't say I'm I am perfect no right. but I am bigger I am bigger than any obstacle right so even when I was two years old and three years old and fear was, you know, um, in my life, right? My father went to prison when I was one to two years old and he didn't get out until he was 11. Um, I started out writing, scribbling on papers, you know, scribbling on letters, writing letters to my father in prison. And he would write me back and say, um... Uh, I still got the letters. I get emotional about it. He would say, go and Google. Uh, not Google, because Google wasn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look go, it up. Right. Get your dictionary <laughs> the and write, uh, research these words. He would send me homework from That's prison, y'all. It was yeah. so powerful. And so I really just used to really love writing him letters. Like, we weren't as privileged as they are now. We didn't get the video chat. and then um, the They're not privileged. Hold up. <laughs> they're not privileged, because my kids didn't know what a pen pal was. I told my children the other day they need okay. to be a pen pal with somebody. And he's like, what's that? I was like, oh, my God. Y'all right, y'all. That's not a privilege, okay? You're right. You're right. <laughs> that's, right. That's not. Because <laughs> I'm like, but, yeah, um, started out with writing letters to my father. And so um, 
writing is everything. I always knew that I wanted to write a book, but, um, you know, when you go out there and start researching the cost to publish books, it's like, wait a minute. Like, yes. I, if I got a hundred and a hundred books in me and it's costing me twenty five hundred dollars to publish one, that, that adds up, you know. So I went to YouTube University. I was yes. like, I got to figure this thing out. So I, I got to figure this out. And so, um, you know, I did a lot of research and that's when I discovered, right, that. I ain't no better. J.K. Rowling and people like that are no better than me. I have the right to be a six and seven figure author, eight figure author. I can start a, a publishing empire. Did All y'all my hear books. that? Eight figures. How often mm-hmm. do we think about eight exactly. figures? How often do exactly. we think we deserve yeah. eight figures? Seriously. We, we stuck at six. There are no limits on your life. There are no limits on your income. There are no limits on your success. Mm-hmm. It's what you define it as. Absolutely. 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 And and like my father told me, the sky is not the limit. Um, the sky is not the limit. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, we, we have a few clips of music that we play here, A Better Way, and a few other things. It is time for our station break. Listen to the clips and get your messages. Thank you. Level up, Atlanta. Women Who Can Business Expo is back for our fourth year on August 6, 2022. This year's expo promises to be epic. More vendors, more powerful speakers, and the biggest recirculation of black wealth in the cannabis industry on the planet. But wait, there's more. This year's Cannabis and Comedy After Party is guaranteed to have you laughing out of your seats. Featuring some of the biggest female comics in the South. Hosted by Def Comedy Jam's own Hope Flood, a.k.a. Lucifer from Sirius XM's Quake's House and sponsored by High Hopes and Swan Simpson Media Group. For free tickets, yeah, we said free. You must register while they last. Go to womenwhocannabis.org. Only registered ticket holders can attend the after party. So go to womenwhocannabis.org and register today. I'm looking straight at you, but keeping my distance at least six feet. What are we doing for two years on repeat? Walking down the street, huh? walking down the app, making up a flow. Everybody laugh, but don't laugh too hard because you spray a bunch of mucus up in my way. I can't go to the club unless I want to die. Making up a rhyme and trying to be fly. People thinking it's open, please, until they start to sneeze. <laughs> You know Women Who Cannabis has a plan to get out of this and any mess our people are in. I am here with the author queen and she has plans to get our people out of the mess of holding our tongues. And the one thing that kind of made me pause about sharing my story, because you did ask why I'm holding on to it. Uh, One of the great master teachers out there that I listened to uh, said this just yesterday. Her name is the I am the realest to ever do it Mm. on um, social media. I am the realest number two and then the words ever do it. 
and I believe she's been in the industry for a long time. Um, she's I listen to her on a spiritual side, but I think she used to be in the entertainment industry and radio host because um, she's definitely got a beautiful spirit and voice. And uh, she said, you know, our people mirror trauma to each other. And so that was the reason I was hesitant on releasing any of these writings because they do speak very much to my traumas. But the thing is, in order to heal or to assist one another with healing, that is why, like, we, we attract each other. She said this. She's like, you know, you attract people who, who, who are on that level. And the way she said it was almost like it wasn't a good thing. And I know at one point for me it wasn't because I was like, I've always got somebody living with me. I always got somebody I got to help and take care of. But I got that from my great-grandmother's sisters. Nobody was ever homeless as long right. as she was living, right. you know. So um, when we share these stories, we have to be clear with our intention because if we just want to share our pain just for sharing our pain, just to get it out, I mean, there's that, but it's going to cause more pain. When you're, when you're sharing your story, it is to get it out, but also to help someone else connect with you. There's someone who can connect with who I was in 1994 or 96 or 98 or 2013, whatever time, whatever age, you know. So um, the two things I was going to do today, I was going to actually start with some poems that weren't mine, <laughs> which I didn't do. So uh, two of my favorite poems, actually. And, you know, I got my start. Um, in school, you know, I had teachers who recognized that I like words and that I like math and they just threw whatever, you know, I had a critical thinking class. They don't even make those classes in school anymore. F critical race theory. Can we get critical thinking classes back in school, please? Okay. Um, so critical thinking class and um, my French teacher, uh, she liked my diction. If you hear me, y'all hear I have these various accents. I'm from Connecticut. I lived on the West Coast, I lived in the Midwest, and I've lived here in Georgia. I've been in Georgia since 1995, so I am America's favorite Northern Valley country girl. Got these little accents. So, But um, my French teacher, she said, you know, you've got a good accent, so I'd like you to do this, this contest. And I had to recite a poem. The name of the poem is called Tristesse, which is French for sadness. The author is Alfred de Musset. And if you speak French out there, please translate this for your friends. <laughs> J'ai perdu ma force et ma vie, et mes amis et ma gaieté. J'ai perdu jusqu'à la fierté qui faisait croire à mon génie. Quand j'ai connu la vérité, j'ai cru que c'était un ami. Quand je l'ai compris et senti, j'en étais déjà dégoûté. Et pourtant, elle est éternelle et ceux qui se sont passés d'elle, ici-bas, ont tout ignoré. Dieu parle, il faut qu'on lui répond le seul bien qui me reste au monde. And I'm not going to give y'all an exact translation of that. <laughs> yes. That was beautiful, though, yes, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. But the name is Sadness. And actually, I can give y'all exact translation. It just takes me a minute. Like, you know, when you speak multiple languages, you got to think in one and then translate in the other. Um, it says, I, I lost my energy in my life and my friends and my happiness. And y'all can correct me because, you know, I'm trying to do word for word in my head. And French is like backwards a little bit. Uh, see, I, I forgot already. I lost the fire. I lost the fire. Mm. Um, and so at the end, it goes, you know, God speaks mm. and one must respond. Mm. And the last part is that I have sometimes cried. So y'all got to go look it up. But um, there's that. 
And then this other poem, and I, if you are listening and you know the author of this poem, again, it was some poetry contest I did in school, elementary school, middle school, somewhere in there. And, you know, I recited this, I, uh, re- what is the word? I forget. That's the thing about being a writer. You forget words a lot. All the time. Because it's like you have one word on your mind, there's three other words. But I recited this poem, and um, it was called How Many. And it was written by one of my mom's friends. And um, I don't remember all of it, but it used to say something like, how many mothers are going to have to cry as they ask why my child my child had to die. How many preachers are going to have to sigh as they give another sermon watching families come together with tears flowing from every eye? How many guns, how many knives, how many lives shot down in one night? How many dealers, how many suppliers encourage the crimes committed by their buyers? How many times are we going to have to theorize hmm criticize and ostracize before we come to realize that we have no time not to combat this crime before we all lose our minds. If y'all know the author, because I know I probably got some of the words wrong, and it's way longer than that, please find him and find put him in contact with me or his family because he may be gone by now. He's my mom's generation. But I just, I always remember that. It's still appropriate today, you know, with what's going on in the streets. How many dealers and suppliers encourage the crime committed by their buyers? And I'm not talking about just our street boys. I'm talking about them other N-words on the corner up to no good that work on the stock market, that operate behind the scenes. Pharmaceutical Mm. companies, too. You know who I'm talking about. there's a lot of them. (laughs) There's a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it is time for us, like, what I appreciate the most about what you said, and I don't know why Jessamine Stanley is on my mind right now. You know, I think it's today uh, is also National No Diet Day. So you're not supposed to say that word, but I'm thinking about, you know, National No Diet Day is about body positivity and body image. And so for those of you who don't know me, I weigh 125 soaking wet. I'm a stick figure. I'm olive oil. I built like olive oil. I don't care. My sister over here is deliciously curvy, and you have me in the mindset of Jessamine Stanley. She's, a, I believe, she's a yoga a practitioner who is deliciously curvy. Okay. So I'll, I'll, you know, in my mind, I'm like, don't know why Jessamine Stanley and Latifah Bryant are synonymous in my head right now. But the author queen is here with me. Yes. And you know, I don't know if you faced any uh, body negativity growing up like I did, but I know that writing helped. You know, um, there's more to my story. There's some things I'm not ready to share on the air just yet, but y'all will get it in these books. If you have a story, tell it. If you have a business, build it. If you have a dream, live it. That's all I can say. I don't think I have much more to say today. We have about five minutes left. The lines are open at 404-203-8770. I always encourage you to call in because this is a conversation. And if nobody comes in here with me, I need to talk to (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Ladies, tell them how to reach you. You can reach me on Instagram at TheAuthorQueen. Facebook, author Latifa Bryant, and um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram. And from there, go to the website. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm on Facebook at Sandy Rogers and Life, Love, and Wellness um, Global, both on Facebook and then on Instagram at Rev Sandy Rogers. And I wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out for Women Who Can Expo. This is our fourth year this year. It's um, August the 6th from 10 to 6, I believe. At the um, we rocking all night that comedy, know, right, comedy right, and cannabis right. after party. They gonna have to put us out the building. <laughs> <laughs> so we we on point there, man. And I tell you, these last these first three years have just been absolutely incredible. And I know that this fourth year is gonna top those. And it's at the Double Tree by Hilton Atlanta Perimeter. Uh, again, that's ten to six. And the two websites, if you're interested, is www.womenwhocannabis.org and dot com for the daily newsletter thank you for listening atlanta it's been a joy and a pleasure and everyone out there on the internet free your mind free your mind free your mind sit back and relax and find a quiet place where you can chill and meditate Live in the right mind state. Always running, running keeps your mind clogged up. Have a lockdowns on your brain where your head's locked up. And you're running, running for what? To maintain, maintain, to have bigger things for more complaining. You've been listening to Women Who Cannabis Live, brought to you by the National Alliance of CBD Business Educators and Trainers, the nation's largest business organization for women of color in cannabis. If you would like your business feature on Women Who Can Live, visit us on the web at womenwhocannabis.org. Thank you for listening.